Welcome to the ADHD Book Club Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Ashley. And I'm the other one of your hosts, Corey. This is a podcast. You didn't know that, did you? We have to say it every time, like in your dream. I know. I think it's a great call. I think my dreams really did me a favor with that one. (laughs) This is episode 12? Yeah, 12. That's crazy, actually. I struggled to read a book for so long that I cannot believe I've now read 12 and had 12 discussions about them. 12 entire books. We're champions. For this episode, we read Dark Matter by Blake Crouch. It's 368 pages and 10 hours and 8 minutes long. Yeah. I loved this book. I'll say everyone just stop. Just go read it. Don't let us ruin it for you. Yeah, you should definitely read it. I mentioned this last episode at the end, but I cheated. We were having kind of a time crunch and I was like, hey, why don't we do this book that I've already read? (laughs) But I did read it again. And I like this book a lot. I'm so glad that you suggested it because I fucking loved it. I think this is my favorite that we've done so far. It probably is my favorite, but it feels different because it's not a surprise like Night Bitch was where I'm like, oh, yeah, this book rules. But I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, I loved it. I I really, really like, oh, my God, so good. So good. Just just stop. Go read it. We want the listens. But I think this is definitely this was a good book if you're feeling um, sci fi. But let's get our summaries going so you can get a little taste of what Dark Matter has to offer you before we get into spoiling it. Yeah. I wrote mine. Did you write yours? I wrote one. Perfect. It's not very good. Uh, Jason Dessen is abducted. And when he wakes up, the world is entirely different. And he has to figure out why. (laughs) Yep. I don't know. I was trying to like not get into like what is happening, even though I feel like it's pretty obvious pretty quickly. So I was just, you know. I kind of try to like, I mean, I obviously write them myself, but I make sure to pay attention to what's already like out there like what's on the book cover that if someone was interested in reading the book they already know this part of it right i don't pay attention to that at all all right my summary jason dessen is a former scientist turned college professor who set his big dreams aside to build a family he's happy but he always wonders what could have been of his big dreams one evening jason is kidnapped and drugged he awakens to find himself in a lab surrounded by people who seem to know him and people who want answers about where he's been As Jason attempts to find answers for himself, he learns that he is no longer in a world that is his own. His life is different. His wife is different. His son was never born. He's no longer an ordinary professor. He's the man with the big dreams, and he just wants his life back. Yeah, that's way better than mine. Well, you were trying to be really vague, and I was trying to not spoil it, but like give you some information. I think you did a better job than I did of that. (laughs) I mean, it's a tough one because there's so much going on. Right. From what I saw online, like... I felt like this was safe to say, basically, without giving too, like, ruining anything necessarily. No, I totally get that. I was sort of going for, I mean, I don't know what I was going for. But part of my rationale was that I felt like the book itself acts like certain things that happen should be surprising. And so I was trying to avoid those things. Oh, I know. Should I take out some of it and say it again? No, you're good. All right. Well, if this sounds interesting. <laughs> yep. Spoilered on three. Yeah. One, One two, two three. three. Spoiler. Hell yeah. 
Okay. The thing that I was avoiding saying, and that you also mostly avoided saying, is that it's a whole, like, multiverse thing. It was on the back cover, which is why I just, like, went with it. Like, I feel like that's a good gauge on what you should share with people. I agree with you. I just didn't bother to look at the back cover of the book. Also, I love our different styles of summaries. It's my favorite. (laughs) Just really winging it. All right. So the book opens. Jason Dessen having the perfect night with his family after dinner goes to a, you know, friend slash like a frenemies party having such a nice night questioning his life a bit. Right. What is that guy's name? Fuck. I don't remember. I totally forget that guy's name. They say it so much. Ryan. Ryan? (laughs) Ryan? Ryan. Okay. Dark matter. Ryan. No. No, his name is Ryan. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. It's Ryan. Ryan Holder. God damn it. I did it. It was Ryan. I know, but it's more fun if we don't look it up. Just say the wrong name the whole time. Yeah, just say the wrong name the whole time. That's what we did last time for Jessica slash Jen slash I have no idea what her name actually was in the book. (laughs) You did correct it to Jen, and then we called her Jen the rest of the time. And I actually am not certain that that's her name. I'm not certain either. Hilarious. All right. Ryan Holder, frenemy. Jason's having some questions like, what could my life have been, you know, setting you up a little bit? Right. Ryan has just won some big, like, science prize. And they were both students at the same time and working on the same kinds of things. And everyone sort of generally agreed that Jason was smarter than Ryan. And so now Jason is like, oh, interesting. Interesting that you're the smart science guy now and I'm a dad who teaches at a college. Yeah. But, you know, he's married his wife's Daniela. He's got a son, Charlie, who's like 15, I think. Yeah, that's right. And then he's abducted on his way home. Yep. He's abducted. He almost gets hit by a car and then he's abducted and drugged and wakes up in a lab in a different universe. I don't know why I'm trying to act like this is a surprise because we've already spoiled that it's a multiverse thing. He wakes up in a totally different universe, basically where he was a famous scientist. Yes. And as he felt the familiarity of his abductor, I too thought, is it himself abducting him? I'm so smart. I got it. I was correct. (laughs) So, you know, Jason too, who is the successful science guy, he chose his career instead of his family, has abducted Jason and taken his place in his life with his family. And now Jason is back and everyone thinks he's Jason too and is asking him all his crazy questions. One of my first favorite things that happened was that he's convinced he has a brain injury and he goes to like pretty good lengths to try to like solve this. Like he's still got that science brain where he's trying to like rationalize like why is everything different? Have I lost it? Do I have a tumor? Is it even different? Is this how it's always been? What is real? I mean, yeah, of course. Like, um, I don't think my first inclination would be, oh, this is some multiverse stuff, and I'm in a different universe. (laughs) And spoiler, we'll get there when we get to bad reads. But there, there are people whose reviews are like, I knew what was happening the whole time. This book is dumb. And I'm just like, yeah, you I mean, maybe because like all of the clues are there. Like it's not (laughs) it's not like the book is like, trying to trick you the whole time. I mean, it's trying to be subtle about what's going on at first Mm -hmm. but it's not like trying to you know keep it 
a total mystery, really, once it starts happening. They set it up like any good book. This man is like always kind of wonders what would have been had he chosen that path. Whatever science, quantum mechanics things he's doing, he was starting to do this kind of work. He would come to this conclusion pretty quickly. And I don't think it took forever to find out what was happening. Yeah, no, I don't know. I mean, there was one thing in this book that I found that like genuinely surprised me. And I think I have the same genuine surprise as you, which was like, oh my God, of course, duh, but like so good. Right. Yeah, it's good. So, okay, so now he tries to find his wife, which is... This is all really interesting. I loved kind of seeing where everybody's paths kind of took them without each other. That stuff is very fascinating to me. And again, like pointless thought experiments. I always think about what I would do in these situations or how that would look or how that would feel. And so thinking about like, where would be like a fork in the road for me? What if I had made that choice instead of this one? That's so interesting. Like what would my various worlds look like was kind of interesting to me. Yeah, I think that's interesting. And I think that's kind of the point of the whole book is what if yeah what if you made a different major decision like in some ways it's just science fiction sliding doors yeah but he just happens to be a scientist who was like working on basically like putting an object in a quantum superposition mm-hmm. which means it's you know in every universe and the multiverse at once basically Again, one of the things that comes up in some of the Bad Reads reviews is like, the science in this science fiction book doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, it's science fiction. It's fucking made up. What are you talking about? Like, guess what? It's not real. (laughs) There aren't real replicators either. Like there are in Star Trek. What are you talking about? What is your problem? This is the premise of the book is that this exists and can happen. I don't think we are trying to like justify realistically like why this is going on. (laughs) Could you imagine reading this book and being like, "Mm, the science does not add up. There is no way that he is really in another world. Like, no, that's so boring. Shut up. Like imagine reading a book and just as soon as something happens that you don't think is possible, you're just like, nope, wrong. This book, this book is wrong and I'm done with it. Yeah, so crazy. There is a way to describe this that's very like plotty plot plot where it's like, first he thinks he has a brain tumor. Then he tries to find his wife, which he does. I mean, he finds her and she's like, oh, Jason, I haven't seen you for like 15 years. But here's an art exhibit inspired by you <laughs> and something that you said, which I can't quite remember. It was Jason too, who is like working on this because eventually it's like, oh, what if we could put a person into this quantum superposition what would that mean and what would that look like yeah but he like mentions that to her maybe not that specifically but like what if you know there's other universes out there where we made different choices or something like that and yeah and she turns that into an art exhibit like she's basically like a semi-famous at least locally famous artist yeah exactly in that world they decided not to have their son and he pursued his work Yeah, yeah, they both kind of kept doing what they were doing instead of starting a family. And he goes home with her, but also, like, in this other universe, she's dating that Ryan guy. (laughs) That's right, that's so funny. Who's, who's like, such a wiener. Yeah, and he's the professor now, like, he didn't have his great successes. Right, they sort of, yeah, they just sort of flip-flop. Yeah. And then... He sort of, he brings it up to them. He's sort of like, I think something really weird is happening to me. And he still doesn't quite like say what he thinks is going on, but he does tell them the truth about like 
yesterday I had a totally different life and we were married and we had a kid and blah, blah, blah. And like Ryan's just kind of like, okay, whatever. This is crazy talk. I'm leaving. And like he talks to her more and she doesn't believe or not believe him, but she like believes that he believes what he's talking about. Yeah. She's like, I believe that this is your experience of what's going on. Right. Like she at least gives him that. And I think she wants to like know about her other life, like what it would have been like, because she's probably having those same feelings. Like, what if I had kept the baby? Right. Yeah. Um, And then what? Oh, and then (laughs) that's when Ryan tattles on him. (laughs) Ryan tattles on him and like a corporate SWAT team comes and like kills her and abducts him. Just so unnecessary. Yeah. So he plays nice for a little bit and then manages like what they go back to the compound, whatever it is where the science happens. Yeah. Whatever the weird lab is where they were doing the experiment, which ends up being like just a big cube. It's just a big cube that you sort of, (laughs) you basically do drugs that make you dissociate because the, The whole thing about, like, you know, quantum physics is that, like, a particle, you can't, what is it? I'm trying to remember my quantum physics. I mean, it's basically, like, you can't know the position and the speed and direction of a particle at the same time. And once you've observed it, you've sort of collapsed the wave function of the particle and determined, like, where it is. And so by putting it in a superposition, you're sort of unobserving those things. And so the problem with doing it to a person is that a person is always observing themselves, right? Mm. And so the, the kind of the secret ingredient to being able to do this to a person in this cube is this like drug cocktail that Ryan develops for him that sort of makes you dissociate so that you are no longer observing you know, it's all like fun and interesting, but this is the most like not sciencey in the sense that like, okay, so your brain is not observing you. And so you're able to like go into a quantum superposition, but also you're still able to like navigate the environment and see this weird like tunnel of doors, like which whatever, like it's a cool and interesting thing. But I mean, I guess if I was going to complain about the science that I would be like, I don't know what, what weird magical drug is this? Yeah. Also, I can't believe you just said, I'm trying to remember my quantum physics and just described all that. I have no idea. I don't know shit about (sighs) quantum physics. I mean, look, maybe we'll get letters that I don't know shit about quantum physics either. (laughs) I'm like half remembering. You know, that was interesting. I liked it. (sighs) So back at the lab, after he's been apprehended, I think he pretends to be a part of this for a little bit. And maybe he tells us that there's like a therapist. Right. He tells her something starts happening where they decide they're going to escape together. Right. Like shit's going down. They got to take the drug. They got to go. They grab what they can. And she's like, I'm going with you. And off they go. He tells her that they killed Daniela. Oh, right. Yeah. And then she also finds out that they killed Ryan. Right? Oh, yeah. Basically, that was sort of where she decides to help him is because she was like, okay, like, I just thought that this was like a weird science experiment. I didn't think this was like some corporate espionage. We're like murdering people shit. I didn't sign up for that. Right. Exactly. Do you think that Jason, too, and Amanda at least hooked up or dated? I don't know. That's interesting because the the book definitely gives you the vibe that maybe they probably did. Um, but also, I mean, I don't know. They never spell it out. Mm-hmm. And 
Like, she definitely seems close to Jason, too, but also, supposedly, she's been his therapist for, like, years and years. Yeah, but there are a couple things that she says that was like, you know him in a different intimate way. Right. Like, I feel like she got emotional about something. Yeah, if I was going to guess, I would say yes, but it's never like spelled out in the book. And I think you could read it either way. Yeah. And she did mention that she had just started dating someone like gone on like three dates with them. So maybe he was like an ex or maybe not. Or maybe he was the person she just went on three dates with. I don't know. But right. That's interesting. There was just something there that I did feel like she knew Jason more intimately than a therapist. Like her reactions to him were more intimate. Like she knew him like a therapist would, right? But like she got emotional at things that a therapist wouldn't, I think. Right. And it's hard to know like where that's coming from because they spend a bunch of time in the box traveling from universe to universe and sort of become like trauma bonded. But it does feel like there was something there already. Yeah. The instances I was thinking about were pretty early on because, yeah, then later they're trauma bonded and like they could literally decide to like stay in one of these worlds together and just build a life like there's something there. They got almost intimate, but not, you know, but that was like built. Right. But before the building, I feel like a hint. But, you know, I'm happy to not have explored that. That didn't need to be a part of anything. It was just like there yeah that also feels like it could have been something that was a part of an like an earlier version of the book that just got like sort of mostly edited out because it's not very interesting (laughs) okay i see yeah that makes sense yeah i don't know but yeah so then now they're traveling through these various worlds trying to figure out how the controls work which was so fascinating Like the descriptions of the different Chicago's basically, they're kind of always in a Chicago. Right. The box doesn't move through space. It always stays in the same place, but it it just sort of moves from universe to universe. Mm -hmm. And they decide to escape in the box because he wants to get back to his universe. Like, do they do they talk about like escaping to the outside world at all? Or do they just are they just immediately like, nope, we're just going to get in the box and go? Yeah, they just got in the box to go. That's what he was going to do. He needed to go home. And she was like, fuck it. I don't have much here. Right. I'm older. I don't really have anyone. I'm just going to go. I'm in my 40s. Let's go. They already killed two people about this. They're not yeah. going to not kill me. So I guess I'm going to go to a different universe. Which also is so wild because she eventually decides to go her own way. And personally, I would love to know how that went. (laughs) I want to know what happened to Amanda. Yeah, no, that would be interesting. But yeah, and then basically the way the box works is you just get in and you do this drug. And then when it sort of when it kicks in, the box sort of turns into like a long tunnel of boxes with a whole bunch of doors Do you think it looks like um, the pods in Love is Blind? (laughs) (laughs) I've actually never seen Love is Blind. But you've seen the images of the pods? I have not. Like from above? I don't know. Oh, I'll have to send it to you if I remember. But from above... We won't. We won't remember it. (laughs) We won't remember. I'm just going to send it to you now. Okay. All right. Here we go. Live on air. Googling. No, I... um, I mean, I have like a mental picture of potentially what you're talking about. Okay, here you go. This is like the pods. Oh, weird. That makes sense. I could see that. So, okay, so you, you're going to pick a door, any door. And in order to get to where you want to go, you got to be thinking about where that is. 
And that's first what they assume are the controls. And then they find that it's also emotionally driven. So like when they went somewhere, when they were still feeling fearful, like they went to a plague world because Jason was scared of like worst case scenario. So he goes to find everyone's dying. Everything is dead. You have to stay inside. He goes to his home. His son is dead upstairs. His wife is dying. That was a sad moment. She does die, but... I wrote this down because I thought it was like a nice quote because she was like, I can't believe this is how my life went, right? Like that I'm dying here and like the stairs of my house and a disease. And he said, this isn't how your life went. It's only how it ended. I thought that was nice to remember. No, that's interesting. Um, Yeah, they go to, I don't know, like seven, eight, nine, ten different like weird alternate Chicago's. Yeah, there was a really cool futuristic one, which I want to explore more. There's like a really cold one. Some are just slightly different, very similar. And that's where he starts to get into trouble. It's like he's getting closer to getting back to his family, but he's just not quite there. And he's starting to get kind of obsessive and like stalking them. He's getting obsessive and stalking them. There's He gets to a point where he almost considers like killing another Jason and taking his place. And then that's when Amanda decides that they should split up, right? Mm-hmm. And her point is basically that if it works based on like your emotions and your subconscious and it's picking up on both of them, then like he'll basically never find the right place. Yes, and that's true. Maybe this was like the main major indicator that she was involved with Jason too. Because she sort of hints that she maybe subconsciously doesn't want him to get home. Right. And so she might be fucking it up on accident. Right, that's very true. And that's very big of her to just to go. And also he's holding her back as well. And he's also not getting it. He keeps trying to describe physical things about his life and his world when he really needed to be coming at it from like the emotional standpoint, like how he feels about his family and his life and these like personal moments, which duh, that was obvious. Right. Even after they split up, he basically goes to like, I don't know, three, four, five, six different almost right universes before he's like, oh, right. I need to think about yeah. how much I love my version of my wife was basically the solution, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like things that happened to them. Yeah. Then he's back. He's back to his original universe. He made it. And Jason too is still in his space, in his place. Yeah. And he basically kind of starts stalking them. Not stalking, but he just is like observing to sort of try and figure out He's stalking. what he should do. The only answer he can come up with is kill him and take over, but he needs a gun. So he's going to go to the gun store. What happens at the gun store? They're like, bro, you were just here like three times saying the same things. Get out of here. Don't ever come back. <laughs> yep. And this was the thing that surprised me. This is very surprising. This was the twist where I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, same. Because as he's been traveling through the multiverse, he's been making a bunch of different decisions and basically splitting off into however many millions of different choices and versions of himself as he like travels from universe to universe. And some of those other versions of him eventually find their way back. They are him and they love his family just as much as he does. They want to be here as much as he does. Uh, There are at least 100 Jasons now, which is crazy. Like there's a chat room for Jasons. What did he do? Like he 
does he make a new email address or he like logs into his old email address or something? Somehow he does something where he like. It's like he's trying to hack Jason to hack himself, I think. And then he gets into this like weird chat. I don't actually remember how that went. It made sense while I was reading it, and but I can't make it make sense right now. Right. He basically logged into his email and saw that he's been like emailing himself. But it's not his, it's, I forget exactly. But basically they've like set up a chat room for all the different Jasons that they are all like accessing. And they're all making the same choices because they're all Jason. Like they've been through different things. They've got some different feelings at the end of the day, but like they're all going to make the moves that he's going to make because he's Jason. Like he's got to not think like himself in order to like win this, I guess. So... (laughs) His idea is to go get arrested by smoking in public. Right. <laughs> Which was really silly. Yeah, because he ends up in a bar by himself, but then another Jason comes in mm-hmm. and they like have a drink together and then he leaves. But then while he's there by himself, he sees a guy get kicked out of the bar. And so his thinking is he's the only Jason who saw that. And so he's hopefully the only one who will think to do this thing that he does, which is, yeah, he goes to a diner and he starts smoking and then he he's a total asshole to everybody and he gets arrested. And then he calls his wife from jail to come and get him. So instead of trying to get them, he brings them to him. Smart. Yeah. And then he tells her to pick up their son on the way and she's like, no, I'm not doing that. Um, so they have to like get Charlie after they leave jail because she picks him up and she's like, what is going on? And also, uh, I saw you this morning and you were not an emaciated, crazy person. (laughs) Who the fuck are you? She also kind of knew something was different. Like Jason too claimed that when he almost got hit by a cab, it really sparked something in him that made him feel more alive. And this is why he's just a little different now. And while it's been fun, you know, there's a small, tiny, like, chapter that's hers, I think, where it's, like, just her noticing the differences, kind of, like, how he brushes his teeth, how he likes his coffee, how he does this is just, like, a little different, but, like, it's fun. So it's, like, deep down, she's known something was weird, and she does believe Jason. I mean, it's also crazy, but I think he had some kind of proof that happened pretty quickly, and... So they're going to try to run away. But what he's realizing amidst all of this is that everyone here is a Jason that's been through hell to get to her. So his suggestion is that they have a lottery to decide who gets to stay to make it fair. And yeah, he does this through the chat room because he and Daniela and Charlie like run away. They find an abandoned cabin that nobody's in because it's winter, right? And then they hole up there. Yeah. I mean, they go like... Do they end up in Wisconsin? I don't remember. Something like that. But they basically like drive, drive, drive. Yeah. In some ways, there's sort of like no real reason that anyone should know where they are. Why do they find him? Oh, they find him because Charlie calls his girlfriend. Yeah. Charlie's a teenager who can't follow the rules and just needed to turn his phone on to call his girlfriend real quick. (laughs) Yep. And Jason, too, had a tracker on him. And then all the other Jasons are tracking Jason, too. So a handful of Jasons and Jason, too, find them in the woods. Um, And everybody here is just trying to kill uh, Jason to take over, which is crazy. And also by this point, like when Jason told Daniela his thoughts on doing the lottery, 
her response was like, I don't want someone else. I want you. Like, you're the one that's supposed to be here. Like, you found me. You're the one that did this. Like, this should be you. I don't want, like, a different version of you, which was, I thought, interesting and, like, a good way to rationalize it. But then what do you do? Now you're being chased by all these Jasons. Right. She basically compared what he did this time to when they first met. Mm -hmm. Like when they first met, he just sort of like intuitively knew she was being harassed by the guy she was talking to. And he sort of like made that guy buzz off and they hit it off. And so she was sort of like, this is, you know, this is like that. This is like that only, you know, only more so that you figured out how to do this. Yeah. So I'm going to stick with you. And also... How dare you? How dare you have a weird multiverse raffle for me? Oh, my God. Also, the fact that all of these other Jasons are like not all of them, but a lot of them are just down to like kill him to take over. Some people aren't even regarding Daniela or Charlie anymore. They're not thinking about them. It's super selfish. They definitely show you at the end that he's kind of like the right Jason, right? Yeah, for sure. And yeah, and then there's basically like a big like Jason Royal Rumble at the cabin <laughs> where they all like try to kill each other and he manages to come out on top and they escape and they go back to the box. Yep. And this time they have Charlie open the door. They barely talk about him, but he's a little nerdy, like he loves his like anime stuff. I wish they could have described the world that they ended up in a little more. Right. That was basically their hedge against anybody following them to another universe was that they had Charlie pick. Yeah. Because when they get to the box, there's like, <laughs> there's like a bunch of Jasons there waiting because he suggested doing the raffle like at the box. And I think Daniela has like a speech about how she's leaving with this Jason and everybody like fuck off. And I think that kind of worked, right? Right. I mean, I think that works because they all realize that like they can't make her want to be with them. Right. Speaking of your suggestion that you wanted to see what happens to Amanda, I want to see what happens in universe one with the like 75 Jasons. Oh my God. <laughs> and the like dozen Jason corpses that are just like hanging around. Like what happens when someone gets to that cabin and finds like 10 corpses of the same dude? <laughs> That is wild. I thought about that, too. I was like, this is crazy. Also, when he's like, I'll just bury him and no one will know. I'm like, what if someone finds him? And it's like, but you're dead, but you're here. But what is this? Um, I also do want to know, like, how the world is that they go into. That wouldn't be very interesting because we we're trying to give them a happy ending. So, yeah, what is left of the world of Jason Chicago and what happened to Amanda are what I would like. Yeah, and just a buddy comedy about, you know, 30 Jasons living in a house <laughs> all together. I assume they would all try to, like, go somewhere else. I don't know, though. Like, I don't know, right? I mean, you would have to, like, all split up, I guess. I don't know. Jason 2 dies, right? Yeah, they killed Jason 2. Well, so then there goes all that work down the drain. <laughs> they didn't destroy the box because there was talk about destroying the box. I mean, I guess they could all just get in the box and leave separately. Everybody came into this world with some syringes or could find them, I think. Right. Because he still had like eight left. It was less than that just because I remember he was getting really desperate about finding the right one. Yeah, maybe three. Also, this is technically like all of their original home world. Right. But I guess without Daniela and Charlie, is it even home? Do you just go find another world? I don't know. Yeah. What happens there? 
Yeah, how many of these Jasons, like, go to a different universe and then murder the Jason there and try to take over his life? Yeah. I'm going to say half. I'm going to say at least half of them. Like, is there a sequel in the works or something? Like, can I get some more information here? I don't think so, but there's talk of, what, was it an Apple Plus TV series? Uh, yeah, in March 2022, they ordered a series with Joel Edgerton playing Jason. Because, yeah, if season one is just this book... Then, like, I would do season two trying to answer some of these questions that we're talking about. But you could stretch this out longer. That would be really fun. One of the notes that I have is uh, about how Jason describes his feeling of being in the wrong world as, like, the uncanny valley where, like, it's just not quite right. And I, I personally, like, always love Uncanny Valley, like, theory stuff. I think it's so interesting. And I, yeah, I just thought that was such a great way to describe being in the wrong place. Because, like, Uncanny Valley is, like, when it's too close to reality, it just, like, feels wrong, right? It's the space between something that's fully, totally realistic and something that kind of is recognizably fake. Mm-hmm. The distance between there is basically the Uncanny Valley, where it, you can tell that it's very, very close to being real, but it's not real. It's almost even worse than being noticeably fake yeah. because on a subconscious level, you are registering it as fake, but you can't figure out why. Right. And like Love, Death and Robots definitely goes like too close sometimes. It's fun. The thing that comes to mind for me about that is did you see Captain Marvel with Brie Larson and it's set in the 90s and so Samuel L. Jackson is like a de-aged Nick Fury? No. So Sam Jackson looks great. Like the de-aging looks really, really good. But this is interesting though because like they did it for Ant-Man, right? Like on Michael Douglas. And you're just like, oh, he just looks like young Michael Douglas. And it's it's got sort of that like sheen though where it looks a little bit CGI. Mm-hmm. So then by the time Captain Marvel comes around, that part's gone. It looks really, really, really good visually. But the CGI, you know, the like de-aged version of him is built like a 45-year-old man. And he kind of still moves like a 75-year-old man. <laughs> like his center of gravity is wrong, right? Mm, interesting, yeah. Like huh. he looks kind of like big and broad and muscular, but like you can tell he's moving like somebody whose center of gravity is like lower, like an older guy who's like not bulky like that anymore. It's only like really actiony scenes. I was like, this looks really good, but something about it feels wrong. And it took me so long to figure out what was going on. Yeah. And it's just that his center of gravity is like lower than it looks like it should be. Mm-hmm. And it just it makes him seem like he's moving really weird. Weird. Yeah. I want to watch it almost just for that. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things that I also thought was interesting was basically the realization that he is regular Jason is, you know, the pinnacle of family success. Like this is why Jason 2 took his life because he looked for the most successful family world. And it's just like a really nice little moment and realization. You know, everyone always wonders, what if, I guess. And he was like, did I make the right decision? And so to kind of realize that actually, as far as family goes, this is the ultimate version of success for Jason Dessen with a family. Right. No, that was really interesting. I think the book made me cry like three times. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's like, oh, it's so sweet. <laughs> right. There's definitely something about it where you're like, oh, I mean, and also, you know, in the in a sort of like 
romantic sort of way. The takeaway is that, you know, he and Daniela are basically like meant to be together, right? Like there's something very sort of romantic about that. Yeah, it was good. I'm glad you liked it. I loved it. And I I don't really think a lot about those kind of like, what ifs, like I really try to, you know, have tried everything that I can when I do things to make sure that I don't wonder what if, you know, I'm not stressed about my decisions or my choices. Like I like where things have ended up and what I'm doing. And I never really consider like, had I made that other choice, what would my life be like? Um, But it is interesting to kind of consider like what points in your life would have been like the split. I mean, there are absolutely choices that would have changed my life entirely. Like, a class I took or didn't, a job I took or didn't, uh, if I moved or didn't, or if I decided to stay behind for this thing or not, you know? Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, no, like, it is interesting to think about that. Like, I'm definitely not the kind of person that has a bunch of regrets about choices. But it, there is there is sort of a like, oh, I wonder what the like, major decisions I made were, and how my life would be different if I made them differently yeah that's definitely like an interesting thing to think about yeah and just to kind of see it play out in a way um and where it splits and yeah with all the jasons how they all came back in very different ways you know right so when they went to that very cold place and there was a dead family was that like a that was a jason in there the family was not no there was somebody in a bag of blood and then the bloody jason came out And there was also another bag of some person like there's these little things that I wonder if we'd actually maybe kind of been seeing another Jason along the way. Oh, um, yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Interesting. Anything else about the book? I don't think so. I think let's rate this thing. Okay. You want to go first? Uh, Sure. I mean, yeah, like this is a book I already knew that I really liked. This is like a 6.25, I'll say. Six and a quarter. Mm, Okay. I give it a seven. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. I just really loved it. And I'm trying to be like more on the star instead of halves. And I could like something else more later. This doesn't have to be the the, me and my new scale. Just trying to, you know, but I, I did really like it. I didn't leave with a lot of like, you know, my questions I feel like are okay unanswered. Like what happened to Amanda? What's the world that they go into? I wanted more of it, obviously, um, but it was really good. I flew through it. Uh, It was really interesting and the journey was fun and yeah, you know, had emotional pieces, but I think we finally did do a proper sci-fi, if you will, ish. Yeah. (laughs) It depends. It depends on who you ask. Some people really did not like the sci in this book. I mean, as far as what we've tried to call science fiction, we've not quite gotten there yet. So this was our closest. I completely agree with you that this is a science fiction book. All right. So Corey, you gave it a 6.25. I gave it a 7. Audible gave it a 4.4 out of 5. And Goodreads gave it a 4.13 out of 5. Which, high. High praise. Yeah, I'm trying to think. We've had a few that are higher than that on Goodreads, but not a lot. Yeah, totally. Including, like, Stolen Focus. (laughs) It's probably all these one-star reviews dragging it down. For science. It's time for bad reads. Bad reads. (laughs) (laughs) So here we go. Bad reads. This is from Kaylee. If you enjoy being told a main character is smart only to watch them be a complete idiot for the entire story, then this is the testosterone-driven shit show for you. Okay, this is a different Jason. He's still smart, but he hasn't been practicing his smarts this whole time. 
it's true. He hasn't been sciencing for the last 15 years. This is from Jess, and you will maybe notice a theme here. Shallow and sexist. Recommended if you like characters constantly asking each other, what? Who? What do you mean? What are you saying? And what are you talking about? Okay, okay, Jess. I mean, look, if I was in an entirely different universe, I feel like I would be asking that of a lot of people. Honestly, he was understanding much quicker than an average Joe, okay? It's so confusing, and he seems to grasp it, and that it's even possible. I feel like I would lose my shit. (laughs) I would have way more questions. Here we go, from Kylie. Wow, never thought I'd read a book where an incompetent Jason Bourne gets stuck in an endless episode of Rick and Morty. I have so many issues with this book, I'm just gonna lull and throw it a big fat one star because it's not worth my time to write more. As Cheaty from The Good Place would say, garbage book. I don't think I've ever heard Cheaty from The Good Place say that. I watched that entire show. I can't remember. Yeah, that's a great show. I guess she likes that. Also, Jason Bourne? Like, he's a fucking college professor. What are you talking about? (laughs) Oh, my God. Also, like, I'm not going to waste my time writing a review, but I am writing a review. So. Yeah, guess what I do when I don't want to waste my time writing a review? Nothing. Nothing. God. (laughs) Um, Let's see. Here we go. This one gave me flashbacks to last episode. At first, I thought it was another poem, but it's just written in short sentences. (laughs) Which was a common complaint. This is the thing that I guess we missed out on because we listened to it instead of read it with our eyeballs. Mm. But multiple people I noticed were complaining about the short, choppy sentences that it was written in. Oh. Um, I am aware. Very aware. Aware of the fact that most people adore this. (laughs) But I can't. Cannot. Will not share your opinion. I'd rather read complete sentences. (laughs) That was from Anna. I guess that does kind of sound like the inner monologue of Jason, like when he's going through things. <laughs> oh, this was a joke that multiple people m- made. Uh, the best part of theorizing about a multiverse with infinite realities is that somewhere there is a version of me that chose not to read Dark Matter. Ha 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 ha. Slap my knee. Ha 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 There was a whole review behind that, but who cares? No one cares because we love this book. It's true. I have one more where someone is basically like, predictable, I knew what was going to happen. I'm just like, okay, cool. I don't know. I mean, personally, I get really proud of myself when I predicted. I'm like, I knew what was happening in the smart science book. (laughs) But it wasn't a big secret. Right. That's the thing is if it wasn't at least a little bit predictable, people would be complaining that it doesn't make any sense. Right? Right. That is the line you have to walk. You know, if it's not at least a little bit predictable, then you're just making things up and pulling them out of thin air. Like your world and your story has to have an internal logic that has to be able to be followed by someone. Yeah. (laughs) And also the multiple Jasons was truly like so good. Of course, that makes sense. Of course. Like when it happened, I was like, duh. But I was also like shocked and like, you know. (laughs) great great little twist i'm enjoying the snaps (laughs) thank you (laughs) is that it for bad raids i mean i have a couple more but they're long and it's just people complaining they're not even funny who cares it's like the same shit different reviewer (laughs) yeah i only want it if it's a poem (laughs) (laughs) yeah look from now on i'm gonna start looking for bad reads reviews that are poems i love it (laughs) Corey. um how's your cool brain doing it's fine i don't know I'm, I'm, <laughs> I feel like I'm fading a little bit today. I feel you. I feel 
like I have the urge to like remove everything from everywhere in my apartment and clean it or get rid of it. And that is crazy. And so I feel like I'm antsy to go clean, which is crazy again. Like, I don't really want to do that unless I'm moving and I'm not moving, but I want to move. That sounds fun. And then I could put things in new places. Is this spring cleaning? I don't know (laughs) what is happening to me. I feel like so weird that all I want to do is like pull out everything in my cabinets. No, look, I am still dealing with the aftermath of that closet that I emptied. (laughs) Um, And I have made progress. Like I've gotten rid of a bunch of stuff. I've reorganized a bunch of stuff. It's working. It's all happening. But in the process of it happening, there are just piles of bullshit around my house that are slowly driving me crazy. So, you know, was it worth it? (laughs) It will be. That reminds me, uh, while I'm over here wanting to like take everything out of everywhere, I still haven't actually unpacked from my trip three days ago. (laughs) My suitcase is just still sitting there and I need to actually just like do that. Do that first. (laughs) But I don't want to do that one. I have gotten in the habit of just like making myself unpack immediately when I get back from somewhere. And I get that that's like a total psycho thing. It was an exhausting weekend. So when I got back, I was just like, I must lay. I must just lay. That's fair. And then I worked all day yesterday. And then I was like, oh, shoot, uh, there's my suitcase. (laughs) That's fair. (laughs) All right. So our next book, we are thinking we should take it back. Get some classics in, an OG recommendation. This is a personal recommendation from a friend who's been trying to get me to read this forever. And why not do it for the pod? (laughs) (laughs) We're going to do Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, we're going to turn it into content. We're going to turn this recommendation from a friend into a podcast. This is how I'm going to get myself to finally read it. (laughs) We're doing Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen, which I have actually not seen any of the movies. Um, I've tried to start reading this and there's something about the accents or the way that they write that I like gave up very quickly, but I'm going to try again. This is 278 pages, uh, which makes it 11 hours and 35 minutes as an audiobook. (laughs) (laughs) The listeners cannot see your confused face, but... I do think it's interesting that often as we've been doing this, there is only sort of a correlation between number of pages and length of audiobook. Yeah, it's so interesting because sometimes like this is very long for the pages is basically what my face was doing. I could tell that that was the face you were making was (laughs) why is why is it so long if it's only 200 and something pages? It's like 100 pages shorter than Dark Matter and yet an hour and a half longer. Yeah. I'm sure there's some slower performances or something. Slower performances, smaller typeface, who knows? Could be anything. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Dark Matter was a bunch of short, choppy sentences. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Not that we would know that from listening, but apparently it was annoying, all those short, choppy sentences. (laughs) Hurts my eyeballs. (laughs) Someone said that. They probably did. They were just being complaining dorks. Oh, my gosh. Well, that was Dark Matter by Blake Crouch. That was. Read it. Although we just ruined everything for you. We did. We spoiled the whole thing. I hope you stopped when we said to read it. Yeah, you should have just listened to it already. It's your own fault. It's still great. My first seven. Woo. Nice. You haven't given anything a seven yet. No, I haven't. And I never will. I'm trying not to be so precious about the ratings because I feel like I was putting too much into it and I need to relax. (laughs) 
Fair enough. I loved it. I'm just giving it a seven. I'm just doing it. I'm just going to go. I have, you know, regrets about all my ratings. I get it. I really like this book a lot, too. And part of my 6.25 was I can imagine a theoretical book that I like more than this book. (laughs) So I guess I won't give it a seven. And that's how I've been operating. But then I'm like, what will I? I don't know. Whatever. Who knows? It's just us. Our made up seven star rating system. It's all made up, just like books. This was a fun thought experiment. Um, Pointless again, but fun. I enjoyed this one. Yeah. It was good. I enjoyed this made-up story by a man. By one <laughs> human being who thought some thoughts and put them on paper. Yeah. <laughs> we thought some thoughts, talked some talks. No, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? It's time to be done. If you're not already following us, you should. At, at ADHD Book Club Pod. Send us your book recs. DM us. We'd love to read what you're reading. Yeah, it's true. Send us books. Thank you to The Last Skeptic for music. I'm Ashley. And I'm Corey. And this was a podcast. (laughs) 